welcome to the Carmen Murray Show, where we have conversations about 21st century business and culture. Knowing that the entrepreneurial journey is one of the toughest, loneliest, and most tumultuous of all, together we'll explore how successful entrepreneurs have overcome similar obstacles. The recipe to success is to work on your business, not just in your business. Plan for success. And now, from the Solid Gold Studios, let's stand on the shoulders of giants to see further. Hey, 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 Future Fit Tribe. Welcome to another episode of the Carmen Murray Show. And as you all know, we have entered the new apocalypse. We have entered a world where there is so much uncertainty. Um, I think the days of bells and whistles are over. The world is small, but our problems are even bigger. And this is probably, as John Foster Pedley from the Henley Business School would always say, this is the time of collaboration. And today we're going to interview Ross Sanders, who is um, a former president for um, the Professional Speakers Association of South Africa. He's also big into data and, and compliance with data. But during this time, we that all position ourselves as public speakers. And this is a, a, an income for us. And um, our world has been changed upside down. So, um, Ross, without further ado, welcome to the Carmen Murray Show. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long time. I feel like I have um, been completely deprived. You know me as an extrovert, so um, it's not going so well. <laughs> <laughs> I can bet. I, I, I must say, I'm, I'm feeling the effects of staying home for this long, so I, I'm totally with you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously um, life has gone screen to screen. Um, it's become very noisy out there, a very, a very challenging. So in the beginning, um, a lot of people had advantage, digital advantage, but everybody had to jump onto this wave um, and almost jet ski through the tsunami. And everybody's learning as they go, making mistakes, but some people are pulling it off very well. So for us to stand out is becoming quite challenging. So I want to talk to you about what are the challenges that um, especially public speakers and people that's in the events industries and, and those kind of, you know, conferences and so forth. What are the challenges that they are currently facing? I think one of the big ones is probably, like you say, the noise that's out there. Because what would have previously been regional where, you know, I'm a speaker in Joburg and there's, we've got speakers in Pretoria and Cape Town and we do Cape Town events and, and things like that. It's now just this global scale because you can be on any platform anywhere globally so the noise is just astounding because now all of a sudden all these regional speakers are now international speakers and, and it's a great opportunity too because everyone can be an international speaker but it's it's just tremendously busy at the moment and and i think the with everyone panicking and, and trying to just come to grips with the current situation, things like training, things like keynotes, that it has sort of fallen by the wayside. And I think now, a month and a bit in, we're starting to see the wheels turning again and traction getting gained. So it's normalizing to a, a degree that normal that we can get, but it's busy. It's very busy. Mm. And, you, you know, um, so Faith Popcorn, who's they call her the Nostradamus of marketing, and um, she refers to to this situation, the pandemic. I've been reading up on her reports, 
that in the next 10 years, we can expect three more pandemics. So we're not going back to a normal world. And I think that speakers, public speakers, trainers, educators, we all need to realize it's not going to go back to normal. No, not at all. And it's, it's an interesting space to be in because, I mean, my background, I come from IT support and tech support. So we've been remote for many, many years and we've been extolling the benefits of remote. And I think companies are now seeing that, oh, hey, you know, we can do a lot of stuff remotely. And people who, like you said, have been sort of native in this space have adapted to it really, really quickly. But those that haven't, it's become it's become a massive challenge. And we've been spending a lot of time as the association as well, helping people to try and up their games virtually because a lot of people are keynote speakers, they're stage speakers. And this is certainly not a stage sitting in an office uh, and you're now sitting down, it's a different delivery. So quite a challenge, quite a challenge to get used to. I mean, I, I have to be honest, I was doing a webinar the other day and for me, I'm an extrovert and I'm always like obsessed being around people and I love to engage the audience to see where their faces are going, the emotions that's playing off, the frowns, and then gauge that and then see where I'm going with it. And for me, looking at a screen, silence, <laughs> there's not a production team or anybody around you, it's just you and the screen. I find it very intimidating, especially knowing that there's 300 people on the other side. It's a super unnerving feeling. I know exactly what you're feeling. <laughs> I've given a number of them now. And you, you've got to be entertaining and all of this. But you're literally staring at this little lens in front of you. And there's no reaction to gauge. Uh, so it's it's been very interesting there. What I've seen, though, is a number of companies are now advocating that their staff must have uh, video turned on at all times simply for that interaction as well. So we're seeing a bit of a change there too. Yeah. And, and just further to that point, you know, a very interesting thing that I'm observing, especially with educators or people that's trying to get into this game, they've never had a digital presence. And now people vet you before they're going to come and listen to your talk or before they're going to register. And if you don't have an online presence or you don't have an online brand, you're in trouble. So alongside trying to adapt to to take what you've done in the traditional sense of where, we, where it's by word of mouth or where people have always seen you on the stage, now it's an unknown audience that you need to try and attract. How they bet you is online and they there's an 11 o'clock slot and there's 100 webinars coming at you. You're going to choose the most punchiest topic and you're going to choose the person that CV and online presence is talking to. Yeah, so... We've been told for a number of years now that with the new world of work and things like that, that you have to have this online presence and it's going to be in the future, your online presence is your business card and things like that. And this whole situation has kind of accelerated like nobody's business. Now you have to get involved. And one of the things that we're seeing in the speaking industry now is that there are companies certifying people for being able to present online. So I, I've recently done one of these certifications and it's to see that you've got a camera that's decent enough quality, that there's some lighting, that there's no shadows falling on your face, that there's good quality audio. So they're trying to do the job of short-circuiting what the booking people would look for anyway, because you know so many people are flipping over to this medium now and to just pick up a laptop and go, you can sometimes be left with really bad video and audio. 
So tell me, where do we get certified for this now? But I didn't know about this. <laughs> the company that I went through is a US-based company called eSpeakers. So they are a, a speakers directory that have uh, different speakers listed. So depending on your topic and, and things like that, they've now got a little accreditation that says, okay, you've, been sa you've satisfied requirements to present online. Fabulous. Now let's get into the into the nitty gritty. Okay, so things have changed. We still need to find a way to reinvent the wheel and still be able to attend virtual summits, virtual conferences. It opens up a global economy, but at the same time is we need to have the equipment and the right equipment to make this happen. And I've been trying to set up things. I've got a big light, I've got a ring light, I've got everything around me. But setting up the equipment and getting the right equipment, investing in the right equipment, not wasting money, that is a challenge for me. Yeah. And, you know, the second that we heard that lockdown was hitting, a number of us went and invested in equipment to try and uh, beat this. And there were a lot of lessons learned along the way. And I think as we've gone now, there have been lessons learned. And I mean, one of the biggest things for me was I went and bought all this equipment because I'm sure this is what clients would want. And only after the fact now have I interviewed my clients asking, well, guys, what do you want? And I ended up spending a lot of money on equipment that's actually not necessary. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting learning that you can get by with a lot of decent equipment that's not expensive as well. Okay, so, so I've also I've done quite a lot of research on YouTube and then they tell you about this, buy this, buy that, buy this, and then there's an affiliate referral fee that goes to them when they push a, a certain product to you. So let's hear it from you. What is the basics that you need to get in place in order for you to start doing this properly? I think one of the biggest things that you can get in place is an external camera. So using the camera that is on your laptop, I mean, if you've got top of the range MacBook and things like that, those generally have very good cameras on them to begin with. But a lot of laptops that we have don't necessarily have fantastic cameras and they'll be grainy and dark and not do light compensation. So I think just at the very minimum, getting an external camera is a really, really beneficial thing. The only thing is at the moment, most places are out of stock. So if you look at Logitech, they're working on a backlog now of a couple of months just for manufacturing cameras. So quite crazy. But decent video, decent lighting is, is sort of the first step um, so that there's no shadows everywhere and all of that. Um, so, so what is the, the whole thing about live streaming? So everybody is seeming to think that live streaming is going to be the future. Seems to be a bit in, invasive at times. What is your views on it? I think there's a time and a place for things. And live streaming definitely does. But there, there's... There's a different space for it too. So yes, it, it's it's sort of something we're seeing a lot of, and it's you've got the Twitch style of presenting where it's a big slide deck and then someone on a green screen down in the corner, and that that has got its place. But I think there's also a place for training where you're interacting with people and seeing people's faces and things like that. There's there's space for the webinar style where you can't see the people that you're talking to and you're presenting something. I think we're going to see that there's a whole bunch of different styles of doing things. And it's up to what you do and your kind of clientele as to how you're going to deliver it. 100%. I mean, I work in the digital space. Um, however, um, live streaming always just like, you know, work on OBS. And, you know, when, you, when you're live streaming at an event or just do it from your phone, I, I prefer doing it from my phone on the go um, and just improvising, do my thing. 
Um, and then you do your watch parties. And when you do your watch parties, um, obviously you, you get more um, engagement. So it really works well because it's native to the platform. And, um, you know, the, the social media platforms appreciate the fact that you are uploading native content so that you're not taking the traffic away to a YouTube link outside of Facebook, for example. So those things are, are very important. But I just feel like every five minutes, I've got a pop-up that goes, this person has just gone live. This person has just gone live. This person. Has... And I've got like quite a lot of people on my on my personal Facebook trip lately. I don't even know who they are because John Flissner told me just accept everybody. And I was like, are you sure about this? I'm not so sure about this. But anyway, um, this is a long story for another day. But the, 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 the thing for me is that it's just super invasive at the moment. And it's just like I, I'm, I'm cautious of even doing it myself because I don't know if I'm going to actually do negative, um, um, you know, brand positioning for myself. Yeah. I've seen it on a number of presentations now as well. Just, you know, we, again, we keep going back to noise that there's so much noise out there and you're right that it can cause brand damage. You know, again, I'm going to take it back to knowing your audience, things like that. I personally don't do live streams, but my topic is very much in a business sense. It's very much when we're talking about privacy and things like that, it it doesn't leave the boardroom. So my presentations are very much to five, maybe 12 people. So it's a very different dynamic and I would want it to be very intimate, shall we say. Whereas if I was doing something that I really wanted to broadcast out there, I might consider a watch party or something like that. But you've got to consider which approach you're taking and why you're taking it. Just spray and pray could really not do the right thing for you. 100%. And just just to that point, I think a lot of clients and um, even some governments are banning Zoom because of, you know, the, the, the security flaws in, in technology. So where, where do you go next? I mean, Blue Jeans is, is a great platform that a lot of people are using that's very works well. Microsoft Teams. The only problem is that you can only have nine people on a screen. With Zoom, you can just screen through every um, screen and you can have 100 people and then you can just literally go through the screens and just rotate them. When it comes to, to us as public speakers, when you are speaking at banks, financial institutions, they have a responsibility to protect their systems against any compromised technology. So Zoom is no longer... A, so appealing and they're actually banning people um, that speak through these platforms. What have you experienced? So that's a very interesting point. I wrote an article at the beginning of April around Zoom's issues that they've been having because yes, they did go through massive security issues and yes, they did shortcut a few of their development um, standards that they should have used. But they're also an example of a company that has really turned around quickly on getting stuff sorted out for their clientele. And if we look at it, a number of the governments that did ban Zoom previously, they've they've unbanned it now because Zoom has shown that they've gone and they've bought some security platforms, they've integrated now, and they've really done a lot of work to get the platform back up to a standard where it can be accepted. And I think, again, it, it comes down to talking about whether it's live streaming or whether it's an intimate conversation, things like that. There's different tools for the job. And Teams is great in an enterprise setting like a bank or something like that because it's generally secure meetings, whereas Zoom is nice for a, a big broadcast or um, your webinar platforms are great for huge broadcasts, but they're purpose-specific. 
Zoom has just really blurred the lines as to what those purposes are because you can use it for so much. But I think the key to do now, and it's something I said a few days ago, is you've got to keep abreast of what's happening with the technology that you're using now. We can't sit back anymore and say, oh, well, our IT guys will tell us about that later. We are our IT guys now. So we have to look into, is this tool still secure? Oh, no, they've re-secured things. Cool, I'm going to keep using it. So I think we've just got to keep with the currents as they're moving. Okay. Right. So, I mean, like the other thing that, that really boggles me is like I think we're going to see a big rise in, in, in various webinar um, software and opportunities to work with various um, technologies the only thing that's just becoming so concerning to me is, is why can't all of these companies collaborate, create one cohesive product that we all can use rather than having to surf through a tsunami of technology stacks and trying to find out which one is the right one. Um, you know, it, 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 it can become quite overwhelming. I mean, from my side, just to, to give you a personal perspective, since lockdown started, I was like, oh, you know what? Um, this thing that I always wanted to do, to do a bit of online um, training for SMEs um, specifically and digital 101 courses, just to get people, you know, um, acquainted to support smaller um, communities. Maybe I should just start doing it. And then I started the research process and I'm like, I don't know what technology is going to work for me. Um, you know, if I'm going to play a video, you need to have a special technology and this is going to cost you like $180 a month. And then if you want to interview only with audio, if you want to present, then you have to use this one. It's just becoming very complicated. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be complicated for a little while because simply because there are so many platforms and I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out exactly what we want our platforms to look like because we aren't where we were four months ago where these platforms were sort of complementary to working face-to-face. -face. It's now that these are the platforms. And I think as these features start developing and maturing, we'll probably start seeing these platforms bundle things a lot in a much nicer way for us. But I mean, I, I know your feelings too, because I, I've started doing online courses and the amount of platforms available as to how you want to host stuff, you spend more time researching than actually being on the platform itself. No, totally. And um, like there's o OBS, is, um, you know, has also advanced quite significantly, but then there's all of these other channels and then restream where you restream, but then you have to have servers in order for you to do multiple streams. It is just a, a lot to take in. So I think maybe we need to take it back a step um, that we don't overwhelm people listening here that are speakers that is new to this whole thing. And, and let's maybe just, um, first of all, talk about the checklist um, of things, great tools um, to use for for public um, speaking online. And then maybe we can also go into some tips and hacks on how to do be better presentations, um, you know, via, via webinars. So let's start with how do you set up, you've never, ever heard of any technology, what is the the cool technologies that you, you find works well and the checklist of everything that you need. Cool. So, I mean, first of all, I think you need that platform that you're going to work in. And I would actually say Zoom is a really good platform to start in because it covers so many bases. 
And the interesting thing about Zoom, which I think people must be aware of, is if you log into the online platform of Zoom, so you go to zoom.us, you can enable a whole bunch of new features like breakout rooms and polls and all of that. So you end up with this really broad system that you can work with. And then the trick with all of these systems, and it's the best trick ever, is you've got a few friends, set up a meeting with your friends, and then just play in the platform. It's not going to break. You're going to have fun, and you're going to see how it works. I mean, you know, we talk about in IT. IT is simply knowing what not to do. When you've played in a platform like this, then you learn what not to do, and it helps you along. I love that. And I also knowing is doing. <laughs> so that's exactly it. I think uh, Leonardo da Vinci uh, was the famous one that took that quote. So Leonardo, there you go. So Zoom is the platform, right? So how would you use Zoom to to stream to, say, for example, Facebook or um, YouTube? You see, for that, I would probably use a different platform like um, OBS. However, with Zoom, in those advanced settings, again, online, from what I understand, you can set up a live stream in there. I just don't use that approach. I, I use OBS. It's free software. And again, once you've played with it, it works really, really well. My wife does online Pilates classes that are streamed to Facebook. And she uses OBS and it streams through beautifully. And um, multiple platforms? Can you do multiple platforms um, using OBS? That I am honestly not sure at the same time. <laughs> but you can do multiple platforms at least for each stream. So I, I don't know about multiple streams at the same go. There is a, a platform, Restream.io, um, that um, you guys can check out um, where you can. This, I, th I think there's about 30 different um, uh, channels that you can stream to, but obviously you can't do too many at the same time. So that's a, that's a good tool. And you can actually take a, um, a live stream that you did a week ago and restream it the next week, which I really like, like about that. Um, then let's talk about technology. So what is the basics that you need in order for you to um, do your setup? Um, like I said earlier, I think an external camera is really, really valuable. So I use a, a number of Logitechs. Um, I started out with the Logitech C920, which is basically a go-to camera for online presenting. It's high definition. It's high quality. The microphone built into it is great. And you can use it as a, a almost a one-stop shop for your first presentations and things like that. It's a great little tool. What is your views on, on virtual studios? So you can now set up these virtual studios, right? So it, it really looks like you've got a news desk. Uh, like the green screen kind of setup. Yeah. I mean, what what is your, your, your take on that? Do you feel that it's too cheesy? Does it might just feel a little bit? This is where I might have views that differ from a number of speakers. Um, <laughs> I cannot stand the whole green screen kind of effect. Um, I'm all about, if you're presenting, present authentically. And this is my study that I work in daily. Uh, and I, I feel like it's just, it's a much warmer feeling that, as opposed to me being in some sort of 57th floor of New York overlooking the skyline. That to me doesn't scream authenticity. And then you've got this little haze around you from the green screen and it's, it's distracting. So my rant about green screens aside, I think that there's a lot of things that we do and we sit as speakers and we try and be 
the best we can be. And if you've got a network of speakers, sometimes you end up in the situation where people are trying to one up each other on equipment. And it's, it's really not necessary. I think what you need to have is like we've said, the camera and all of that. And it's more along the lines of your delivery as well, because you can deliver a really engaging presentation and everything without green screens, without massive lighting rigs without a black magic box that's doing video cuts and all sorts of things for you you can really do a lot just by learning the platforms and being present in the presentation if you're spending more time fiddling on other stuff you're not spending time engaging over the camera totally agree amen brother that is so <laughs> true um yeah it is very distracting um also i i, I feel that it's 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 so much better when people can see that you're a normal human being mm. and that we're all in this together rather trying to make it seem mm, like overproduced there, there is a danger of um you know overproducing your videos which which really um can also be annoying and people don't like engaging with them so i totally agree with that then okay so we, we've spoken about the fact that you you need to to have a room also i think sound is important because yes. you don't want to be in a room um, and I've learned this um, from Gavin from Solid Gold Podcast Studios. He's always giving me a bollocking about the fact that there is an echo. But this, this same thing it applies when, you, when you're actually doing this from home. Is It's not just about the mic, but it's everything around you. Yes, for sure. I, I mean, I've ordered a whole bunch of sound dampening pads now for this room that I'm going to put on the ceiling and through the room to also bring the echo down a bit. And when it comes to your presentation, when it comes to what you're putting across on a system like this, your video can be bad and people will forgive it. If your audio is bad, people drop off the meeting because they, they cannot hear you. I mean, I can still look away and do something else perhaps, but I'm listening to the audio. The video, in my opinion, is not as important as the audio. So you want to make sure you've got good audio. I've got a range of microphones that I use dependent on the, the presentation I'm giving from headsets to these to lapel mics. It, it makes a huge difference, the sound. So now you've intrigued me. Why do you have so many mics? A lot of it was trial and error. So I, I have all this equipment that I don't really use as much anymore. So I actually like brought some of it out for you. So this was my starter. This little guy is great, uh, but it's super, super sensitive. So this would pick up if cars were driving past in the streets or not. So that got distracting. And then I progressed into lapel mics and things like that. And now I've got a nice little remote kit that I use for presenting on my jacket. So it's all these lessons you learn. But um, I think now that I've got down the line, a headset like this works really well. And then I just simply use the little lapel mic and it plugs into my PC. Uh, but it gives really good audio compared to the room and hearing your laptop's fan spin up when it's getting hot and things like that. So <laughs> external mic is also good. So what Ross is referring to, so you can't see the screen because we are all having a face-to-face, -face, although you can't see it, um, is the fact that um, he's got a headset that's got a mic that moves. It's almost like a pilot type of earphone. Um, with a little mic in front of his mouth. And those actually works very, very well, especially using um, these online technologies. Lapel mics, a great one, I don't know if you agree with me, Ross, is Rhodes. Yes. And they have these little ones that you can even plug into your phone. I've got one and I, I just use it in my phone. I can use it in my computer. I just add extensions to it. You can add it to your um, camera. So it's really, really cool. Um, obviously, you can go from 
entry level to the very expensive. <laughs> yes, Rode, sure, they're, they're fantastic. But the Samson mics are also great. Most of my brands that I use are Samson and they, they work really well. And Logitech, if you're buying simply PC equipment, then Logitech is great in a lot of cases. Is it compatible to Apple? Yeah. Fantastic. That's what we always need to know, hey? We are Apple light. We're Apple sheep, as they would say. Um, so, okay. So, so before we close off, I, I would really love your input since you've done this uh, USE speaker um, accreditation. Maybe talk us through some of the tips and tricks and how you can present better when you're presenting online. So I think one of the big things, and it, it came back in that survey I was talking about with my clients, is to engage people. You can't do this like you used to with a PowerPoint presentation on the screen behind you, and then you're walking up and down the room. It's different now. And think of it as everyone having that TV screen in front of their face. So if you are presenting online and you have a PowerPoint running, don't share your screen and leave it on a slide forever while you're talking in the background because people get very, very bored. So you want to actually manage flipping in and out of that chair so that people can actually see you and have you present. They're there to see you present the content. They're not there to have a slide up and listen to you talk over it. So be very aware of that. Um, and I think when it comes to your slides too, just a nifty little trick that you can do is the top right-hand corner of your presentation keep that clear because if anyone is recording your presentation in Zoom or in Teams or something like that, the default location that it places the video of you is the top right. So you don't want the recording obscuring any of your content because the video has been placed on top of it. Very clever. I never thought of that one. Ooh, I've done a few of these webinars. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I really, really need to, to um, up my game on that one. I'm a, I, I love live streaming. I just love going in the moment and just let it flow. I'm going to test with you. Hey, gather a few friends. So why not let's gather a group, bring our dinners together, and then let's try this thing. And then I'll talk you through some crazy ob um, subject maybe. Um, so yeah, also from my side, some of the lessons that, um, that I've learned is also if you are presenting and you are using slides, um, is to have very, very little, uh, information on the slides, maybe just one word and a picture. Um, it needs to look very creative in order to, you know, people, if you have a jaded and a old picture that and the resolution is terrible and pixelated, um, you know, that visual experience is not great because they can't really see you. Now they're looking at this very boring presentation. So yeah. <laughs> have a creative presentation. Um, the second thing from, from my perspective is when you only have a word and then you talk about the, the idea behind that word or that concept, you can repurpose the audio and you can drop it into a podcast or you can drop it, you know, you, you can you can share the audio files um, as well on SoundCloud or, 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 you know, on other channels. So, so that's where if, you, if you're only focusing on, on really just like almost reading your slides, um, the person that's listening to it, if it was in the podcast format, would unfortunately not be able to see the slides and not be able to, to really get what you're talking about because they're not seeing the, the visuals. So those things are, are quite important. But that is the lessons that I've learned. And um, to all of you guys out there, I know it's tough. And um, 
it's not an easy process and you need to experiment. Knowing is doing. It's the only way that you're going to learn and being uncomfortable is probably the best thing. It is, I don't know, Ross, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm actually very excited about the future. I feel like you can't get away with all the old excuses anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was raised, my mom used to always say a change is as good as a holiday. So I think I, I absolutely embrace change all the way. So I, I've been I've been enjoying learning new things and figuring out how to do stuff. And I think we've just got to keep that mind of constantly learning things and then nothing can stop you. Fantastic. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to out of your Zumbi zoom zoom time um and and sharing some of your tips with us in order for us to improve on our um setup of um our our virtual reality right now virtual reality in a different meaning the reality of of being screen to screen um and um and yes i wish you all the best and um do keep us posted with everything that you're doing and how can people get hold of you uh best way to get hold of me is either on my website rossgsaunders.com or email me at hello at rossgsaunders.com. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit carmenmurray.com where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Ouya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C, and B2B2C across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX strategy, persona development and customer journey mapping, CX audits, UX audits, and the connected marketer training in connected customer experiences, mobile, data management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.